Welcome to Prompted by Nature, a weekly podcast that explores the connection between nature and creativity through storytelling. Each week, we'll dive into heartfelt conversations with the humans working in and with nature to support our planet and the creatures, including us, that inhabit it. Each conversation is punctuated by a meditation and writing prompt created by me, Helen, a meditation teacher, writer and outdoor creativity guide to help you to explore the issues and topics covered in a more meaningful and creative way. Because when we allow ourselves time and space to deeply listen and connect, we bring ourselves closer to a place in which we can truly live prompted by nature. So it's episode 15 of the podcast. So I thought I'd, yeah, I thought I would record an episode with just me, just to kind of reflect on the conversations that I've had so far and um, just talk a little bit about what I've learnt and a few things that are going on on this side that have really been inspired by the people that I've spoken to and just having started the podcast in the first place. So just to set the scene a little bit, I'm in my back garden. We've got, I think I've said this before, we've got a converted um, garage and it is absolutely pouring with rain outside. Um, It's a Saturday afternoon, uh, 25th of July, 2020. Um, So I hope this one finds you well. I hope that the easing of lockdown is being good to you and you're able to find some semblance of normality even though it feels like it's a new normal I don't know how you feel although I have found myself a little bit frustrated by the reactions of people to get back to exactly how it was before Um, I personally don't believe it will go back to being exactly how it was before Um, I think that it shouldn't go back to how it was before. I think we should have learned something, but I mean, you know, but it feels like it's been a while that things felt the way they did, I guess, before lockdown, which makes sense. And in fact, I don't know about you, I feel like a completely different person to the person that I was in January. Everything has changed for me. Um, I listened back to the first episode the other day, and at the time I was kind of in the process of wrapping up the other arm of my business, let's say, uh, making the marla beads. And now I'm very nearly at the end of it. And it's kind of that and this podcast has opened up something completely different for me and completely new for me, um, but that's much closer to what I feel I can offer the world in a kind of simpler way. without so much stuff around me, uh, which is a good thing and is exactly what I needed. So um, yeah, rather than kind of waffling on, because I realise a lot of people who do solo episodes, they have like one clear point of like, go crush your goals or how to overcome X, fill in the blank, whatever it might be. This is much more of a recap of everything that that we've listened to. 
And I really do want to thank you for being here and for listening. I've had some really lovely feedback from people and yeah, the response has been amazing. Um, and a few people have shared their words with me that they've created uh, from their meditation, from the meditations and the writing prompts, which has been so lovely. Um, and I do realise that the meditation episodes might be something because they are being, I can see that they are being listened to. And part of me thinks, well, actually, all of me thinks if they're just being listened to and not actually used, that's absolutely fine. Um, that's kind of what they're there for is, is just, to, I hope, give you a little bit of space in your day just to um, listen to something other than the normal mundane dirge can be dirge not always obviously I'm grossly generalizing but yeah and if you do use them as writing prompts then that's wonderful too um they really are there for you to use just however you wish really um so yeah thank you for all of your feedback and um I'm really excited for the next set of interviews that I have coming up I've actually already started interviewing uh people and I had two interviews uh just this week which were amazing and I cannot wait for you to hear them but thinking about kind of the the interviews that have just passed the ones that um that have already been released for this first um series the people who I've spoken to have just I think they won't realize how much they taught me and how much I've got out of speaking to each and every one of them um, and how inspiring their work is and you know I said in the first episode some of them you may have heard of and some of you some of them you may not have heard of and actually I think it's really nice to speak to people who aren't known necessarily who are known kind of by a small set of people or for a particular thing I think it's really nice to celebrate these kind of niches and nuanced um, kind of activities I suppose if that's even a phrase um, and celebrate their work because as I've said in a number of the episodes, I really do believe it's the small things that add up to the big ones. And actually, if you think about it, none of what the people doing are actually small actions. You know, they are things that people are dedicating their lives to. And it may seem like a small thing, you know, if you think about, well, not everybody knows who they are, but actually the fact that they're dedicating their life to it means that for them, it is a really big thing. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to diminish anything anyone's doing or um, or anything like that, just because, you know, lots of people don't know them. And a couple of people have said to me that the podcast has kind of um, given them a renewed sense of hope and also been given them a kind of source of inspiration for their own actions, which is just so lovely to hear. And I feel exactly the same way because I am very much a kind of facilitator of these conversations. I'm not the person in the center of them. And I've been learning as much as you have, you know, in terms of like, I, I kind of wrote down a list of all the things I've learned, but actually it is so much more from these conversations, but just things like the connection um, to the nature and um, the tools that I have that are directly around me, immediately around me. So, you know, um, from Nathaniel and Fiona right at the beginning um, and the way that they spoke about the herbalism and the, the intuitive herbalism path that they, they work with or that they follow and speaking about, you know, 
really honouring the plants that have been here for centuries and centuries and centuries. Um, to Karen up north in Scotland, weaving her beautiful baskets. Um, Jan with her amazing heel rewilding project, um, which I, I find so, um, I find that quite heartening because it's like, okay, there are people who <laughs> do believe that we can, um, we can do something to, as it says in their title, heal uh, what's around us. And it doesn't have to be about um, doing it in some far off land. It can be about doing it in our own back garden. And actually, I think that's the most important thing. I think it's really important to support the people abroad, especially, especially excuse me, the indigenous communities who are there in the Amazon and just in, in so many places around the world who are right at the front line. I think it's really important to, to support those people financially in whatever way we can, um, signing the petitions and spreading um, what they're doing there, rather than saying, I can go over there and solve everything, you know, which I think has been especially you know, the idea of white supremacy in environmental movements, I think that has has been what has happened. And actually, it doesn't help, you know, that the motives might, you know, the motives might be very um, well meaning. But actually, I do, I really think it's about giving power back to those communities, not taking it away from them by saying, right, we're here, we're going to help you by doing x, y, and z. And I think from where, like, for example, I am right now in the UK, um, I will just do what I can to support them from where I am. And I think on the other side of that, we can do that in our own back gardens. You know, we can stand up from the spaces that for the spaces that are around us, it much in the same way. And I think there's that connection between the people who are, say, for example, on the front lines of the Amazon to our own back garden. So I'm going to talk a bit about that in a minute in a, from a personal perspective, because that is something that I've been kind of getting a bit more involved in, um, in my own sort of backyard, if you like. Um, and actually, my conversation with uh, Ian Solomon Kowal was a really big part of that, because you can probably tell if you've listened to the conversation, it the people who he's working with, the young people that he works with are a very similar, well, almost exactly the same demographic of people that I worked with when I was a teacher. And, you know, everything that he does is from his council house in South London. And I think that for me was the most inspiring thing is like, actually, you can be in an urban setting and still be doing something to help nature, still be doing something to educate young people um, to the power that they have to actually, essentially, not to sound dramatic, save the planet, um, and to and to play that small part in in um, in in doing that. Yeah. So I, I often, when I'm speaking to kind of people about the podcast, I often refer back to that one in being very much a source of inspiration. Like I said, to what I know I can do in my own community. And then the podcast is very much rooted in not just nature, but creativity. That is such a huge part of it. And everyone that I've spoken to uses their creativity in their work with nature or works with nature in a creative way. And for me, that creative outlet comes in writing. And um, also speaking, I suppose, really, 
because this podcast has really helped me find my voice. Um, I still script the introductions because I do tend to waffle and go off on tangents. So I have to script my own uh, introduction because I want to keep it focused on the person that I'm speaking to rather than on myself. Um, so yeah, for me, this has been uh, uh, really enriching to my own creativity and actually listening to people who use their creative gifts to bring about change. You know, people like Lucy, Tiffany, Ginny, all of them, writers, all of them doing something to inspire people to, it might be action, like with Lucy's book, kind of um, looking at, okay, losing Eden, we could be losing this, but actually what can we do to save it? And then with like Tiffany, um, just becoming more connected with the darkness of our landscape um, and just having that connection. And Ginny, you know, um, Wonderland is, is similar, is finding that connection with the landscape. And then with Ginny's book, it was, you know, finding that magic and allowing ourselves to kind of open up our heart space, our minds, whatever it might be that whatever it is that you kind of connect best with to um, feel that magic that is all around us. And also, I think all of that has helped me see, because quite often I feel like I can run away from my creativity because I get really busy and it's like, oh, I want to do some writing, but oh no, I've got all this to do. Or tonight I'm going to spend an hour doing some, or just reading a book or yeah, doing my writing practice or whatever it might be, or even just writing a writing prompt for the um, for my Instagram account. And then like, the children won't go down to sleep. You know, I've got a four and a six year old and sometimes bedtime can be quite fraught. <laughs> so, you know, often I don't get my evenings. And obviously with lockdown, I've been kind of trying to juggle the two things, the being self-employed, um, shutting down a business, doing the podcast and then having children. So sometimes my own creativity gets pushed to the background, but actually I see creativity as so much more than just sitting down and writing. And it can be something that we engage with at any given moment. And even as a parent, you know, um, taking my kids out to the woods and looking at, I mean, they're constantly playing. They, they play, I'm, I'm quite lucky. They do have their moments. I'm not going to make out like they're um, you know, completely serene all the time, but they play really well together. So when we go to the woods, I just watch them and I see them turn a grove of trees or um, a piece of um, heathland and they turn it into some magical kingdom just by saying, pretend this, pretend that. And I think even as adults, we can still um, tap into that. And actually thinking about, you know, for example, Ginny's book, I think that's part of the magic of nature is it's it's right in front of us and you know you can go into a woodland and and start writing about fairies seeing I don't know like dragons sitting in a tree or imagining a conversation between two birds trying to describe the snuffling of a hedgehog in the undergrowth or whatever it might be you know it's all there um, and it doesn't have to be about it is lovely to sit down and write obviously or whatever it is for you it could be music or art or painting or whatever it's lovely to be able to do that but actually I think part of creativity is having that time to find inspiration in the first place um, and I think that's kind of part of what this podcast is about is me giving you some kind of inspiration for your creativity that perhaps you wouldn't otherwise have, like 
you may not have heard of some of the people that we've that I've spoken to and so hopefully um, you can listen to them and it might spark something up off in you I, I really believe that you know I think podcasts are lovely for that because you can literally talk about anything um, to anyone and it is this permanent source of inspiration yeah and also you know creativity is something that brings balance my own say for example my writing practice it brings me balance it revives me and it just brings me back to that space of okay there's all this stuff going on around me but I'm just going to sit here for half an hour even quarter of an hour and sometimes that's all I get sometimes I write while my kids are playing or while the dinner's cooking um, finding those pockets of time where you can just do whatever it is that your um, creative self needs at that moment um, to kind of keep that fire burning, as it were. And then I was really, really inspired by the conversations that I had with both Anna and Cherie and this, you know, talking about um, finding connection with the land through um, sisterhood and through um, supporting people around us and like for Sharice supporting the um, the BAME community in her area and really being a leader and and um, almost I guess a pioneer for that in her space um, and and being the role model and I think for Anna as well is you know the way that she's engaging women in her area is very much um, kind of similar to what I'm doing or trying to do down here it's it's difficult with uh, with lockdown happening and stuff and still being very small but um with what she's doing is you know f taking women and and with Cherie taking women and and saying it's okay if you're nervous about about going swimming in the sea or going for a walk in the woods it's okay I'm here you know I'm your kind of um I'm your pillar I'm your earth you can say what you need to say, get out what you need to get out. And I'm here to support you, essentially. Um, and then with that connection, I was thinking about, um, you know, the connection that, for example, Dawn and Nana br bring with their story, their beautiful storytelling. I really loved those episodes. I really like being read stories. And just to have people um, there who were telling stories so rather than reading from a book they were just telling stories with their own voice with their own um, interpretation of the stories that they were telling and I, I'm really inspired by by those stories and I'm a big um, champion I suppose of the power of storytelling um, and if if you don't know of Sharon Blackie I'm actually doing one of her courses at the moment and it's all about storytelling and it's all about the stories of the land and and um the land around us and um, it's really enriching and, and I think that's exactly what I felt with Nana and um, and Dawn and I just realised I think I might have missed out um, Jonathan and Faye <laughs> I don't know how I could because those B episodes were so lovely and um, one of my friends actually said to me that when she was listening to Faye she said I felt like that was the meditation in itself <laughs> um, and I think what both of them are doing to support our little bee community in this country is really beautiful. And, and the lovely thing I think with, for example, Jonathan is I go, I actually, I took my kids to Wilderness Wood where um, he uh, tends to his hive um, or his hives, his bees. 
the other day and it is just the most wonderful space and I have some retreats coming up which I've spoken about before and it's so lovely it's such a lovely woods because it's family run like people live there it's their house and then it's essentially their garden it's amazing um and just being able to speak to someone that works in that space and to hear about his kind of passion for stewardship as as we kind of mentioned in the interview and then with Faye like her and actually I, I I should have spoken about her when I was talking about creative gifts I mean talk about creativity you know she's created her and her partner have created this pod product which means that you don't have to fill a bottle of water up with sugar water which of course you can do it's just this little key ring and you just carry it around with you and you look after bees and I think my children and I have saved probably about five bees during lockdown. And I don't want to say saved, like they might have been fine. But you know when you see a flagging bee and you know when you see a bee that's not very happy um, and you put this sugar water up to their mouth and or up to their little tongue and they literally lap it up. They sit there for a little bit and then they just buzz off. Like, oh, OK, bye then. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was, um, that was a really lovely one. And I think a lot of what I've noticed about the interviews, like if I think about all of the interviews together, I think that they really emphasized to me the connection between, and I've always known that there was a connection there because I don't know if it's just from, and I'm, I'm sorry I always mention the fact that I used to be a teacher. I have noticed when I'm editing my episodes, I do say that a lot. So um, it is a point of reference for me because I did it for so long, but I do realise it might get a bit annoying after a while. It's like, oh, did you really teach Helen? Oh, tell us again about the time you used to be a teacher. <laughs> so apologies if that's got annoying. But I do think that, you know, thinking about the link between social change and environmental change comes from the fact that there are communities who are kind of forgotten about and these and there, there are decisions that are made that you know there are like I say there are certain communities that are just completely left out of those those decisions and I think you know what happened with the the most recent because it wasn't the first one obviously but the most recent Black Lives Matter movement was that I felt like it really hit home in the nature or the environmental um, world, if you like. It happened a few years ago in the yoga world um, because it was very much about this idea of people um, selling yoga in a way that it really wasn't meant for. And so I think it seemed to me as a, as a kind of newbie, if you like, to the environmental world in, in terms of like on social media, for example, that it wasn't necessarily anyone had something that pe a lot of people had necessarily thought about. I'm sure there were people who had. Uh, and actually, I think my interviews prove that there were people that had, because in most of them, we talk about that in some way, shape or form, um, whether it's about accessible green spaces or um, uh, people not feeling welcome in, in, in natural settings and therefore not spending time in natural settings, not having the representation, whatever it might be. I feel like for for quite a lot of people that was the first time they'd ever really considered it and I think that's a good thing because you know we can never be like oh why have you never thought about that before because that's just mean um people are 
realizing things at different times and I think what lockdown did is it's really accelerated that and for some people it's been really overwhelming and I think that's why there's been such a huge backlash is because some people have literally never thought about it and when you start thinking about the link between for example environmental change and social change it can feel really uncomfortable especially if you are for example white male cisgendered straight or I don't like the word straight heterosexual um, because you feel like you're the one being attacked and actually it's not about that it's about you know not perpetuating these cycles that um, marginalize people or, or exclude people essentially and I think that is something that really influences what I do so for example with the writing prompts and with the podcast, I think it's really important to do these things for free. I have thought about um, the, the idea of kind of sponsorship for the podcast. And if I did, it would only be very, very small brands, um, purely because, not because I necessarily want to get paid, but because I want to have the podcast transcribed and it costs quite a lot of money. And so if I get sponsorship, um, then I might be able to save up some money to be able to do that. So this idea of uh, accessibility has always been really important to me. And so the writing prompts are there because I know that there's a lot of people who use Instagram and maybe like the natural world or like writing or da da da, but perhaps haven't put it together before or don't know how to put that kind of together. And so that's why I love doing the writing prompts because I can use the skills that I acquired as a teacher and as someone who writes regularly and reads books and is always outside, I can use those skills that I have to create those writing prompts that people can use at their leisure um, and they don't have to pay anything for it. You know, I think that is the beauty, you know, social media gets a slating, but I think that's the good thing about it is that something that might otherwise have been, um, people might have been excluded from or not have access to they can get access to that. And that includes myself. You know, there's things that I've, that I um, uh, watch or listen to or read on the internet that if it weren't for the fact that it were free, I wouldn't be able to do it. So, but also the other thing is I, I've been trying to keep this, I don't know if you, you may not have even noticed, but I have tried to keep this UK based. I've tried to, for the time being, I'm thinking that when I get onto like, the third series perhaps I might start speaking to people from overseas let's say but I, I am trying to keep it at the moment in Great Britain and Ireland and I know some people might say oh but you're missing out on so much but actually I think it's really important to celebrate what we're doing here and the talent that we have in this country um, and the diversity of experience that we have in this country and how that can actually connect us all when it comes to looking after nature, looking after the environment, I think um, it is really important to start with where you are right now. And kind of, I wanted to talk a little bit about how it's, the podcast has inspired me in my own life and in my own kind of actions. So I've always been quite um, active, I suppose, in the sense of like, I like getting involved in the community and uh, signing the petitions, donating where I can if I've got some money um, and that sort of thing. And and then recently something happened in my local area 
um, I'm on a WhatsApp group with the parents of my daughter's school, uh, my daughter's class, sorry, and someone sent around a petition uh, to sign, which was against this area of land near me being built on. And I was immediately incensed. Like, I was just like, but we've been going there every day in lockdown and it's beautiful and they're, it's full, literally full of wildlife and full of um, amazing plants. And there's, there's like an apple tree that's beautiful there. And when it was in blossom, I took the kids to look at it and we kind of took some of the petals home. And, um, and so I was just slightly furious, let's say. I, I'm not furious. I don't get, I don't get, you know, really angry about things. I just felt like there was definitely an injustice afoot. So um, I called my local councillor, who was the one that started the petition, and I basically just said, what's going on? Is there anything I can do to help? And because there is another patch of land which is connected to the land that's near me, but it's on the other side of, there's like a dual carriageway and there's a, there's a hill on the other side, which is part of the South Downs. And that's actually managed by a conservation group and they've been set up since 91 and they managed to get that area designated as a space that you can't build on because it's got so many um, amazing species and, and things on it. So... I started to talk to her about that and then she sort of said why don't you just get in contact with them so I got in contact and she, and she updated me on on where things were and how this this patch of land is well she said it was owned but when I spoke to the conservation group it turned out it's leased to these people this small group of people by the council and they the councillor said oh you know we fought and won three times and I don't think they'll build on it but it does keep coming up and I was just like well it can't keep coming up it's just ridiculous so I um I ended up meeting up with the chair she's a really lovely woman and um she's she said oh you know we are looking for kind of like a champion in inverted commas and we sat down and chatted at a, so a socially acceptable distance of course um actually in the space and I sort of said to her, you know, what can I do to help you guys? Um, and it turns out that the, all of is they're a really small conservation group and they're all over 70 and some of them are, are in their 80s and 90s. So um, there's certain things that they struggle with, like technology and websites and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So for them, I've set up a Facebook page and I've redesigned their website using the very basic skills that I have. And I've now taken on... I don't want to say I've taken on that space. That makes me sound really self-important, but I'm kind of now working on doing a few things with that space. She's put me in contact with some people who I'm going to be working with. And that I really feel came from the confidence that I gained in speaking with people on the podcast and hearing their stories and hearing about these little things that people were doing to create something amazing in their community and that's what I want to share with you is that you can be that change in your community. And I would say, I was going to say, but I'm going to say, and make sure that you speak to the people who are already doing the work in your community. Go to them. If there's something that you see that you don't like or that you that makes you feel uncomfortable, like even, you know, uh, I was driving with the kids somewhere. We were going through the South Downs 
and there was a, a lawnmower, you know, the one that goes along the road and kind of mows all the verges. Well, these verges are covered in wildflowers. Um, it's little things like that, you know, contacting the council and then seeing if there are any conservation groups or green groups. Down here in Brighton, we have the Brighton and Hove Green, I think it's called the Green Forum, who there's a massive list of all of the groups and what they're doing and what help they need and go to the people that are already doing the work and ask how you can be of service say these are the skills that I have how can I help you and actually that was something that when I spoke to Ian really came out of that conversation was one of the things that he said was you know people approach me to ask how they can do the same thing in their own area and he's like well why don't you just join us just like be part of this you know don't don't go off and do it by yourself be part of this and um let's work work together to see how we can grow it and I think that is really important because it's really easy for us to just go right I'm going to set something up myself but I just kind of think why reinvent the wheel like if somebody's already doing something just ask how you can help and everybody has something they can do to help everyone it doesn't matter even if it you know if you're nervous about speaking to people well it could be helping write a newsletter or um going and just walking around the site once a week and just checking things out making sure there's no rubbish or if the bins are full calling the council you know that kind of thing so i i really believe that there's something that we can all do and it might feel little but as i said and as I keep saying, it's the little things that add up. Um, and don't ever feel like what you're doing isn't enough because you're still doing something and that is better than nothing. Because, you know, on any given day, I can waver between feeling really, really hopeful and inspired and then just feeling utter desolation at the situation and thinking this is dire, this is awful, um, and I, I'm generally somewhere between the two. I try to avoid the extremes. And that's something that my meditation practice teaches me a lot is that actually the extremes don't help. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, the in inverted commas good extreme or the in inverted commas bad extreme. Um, these extremes swinging from one thing to the other doesn't help. Finding the middle way, finding that middle ground where we just feel like, okay, this is scary and slightly overwhelming but I'm going to sit for a while, get quiet, breathe, write, whatever it is, and then I'm going to move into what action can I take? How can I use what I have to do something about this, however small it is? Um, and I feel like sometimes that a lot of that to do is to do with following your curiosity, you know, seeing something and thinking, oh, I wonder why that's there, or I wonder why that hasn't been done, and then just following that. What does that one thought lead you to? What's the next thing? What what's I was about to say, what's the next right thing? And if you have children, or even if you don't have children and you've seen Frozen 2, <laughs> uh, you might be laughing. But uh, I mean, it's true. Anna speaks the truth. Just do the next right thing, <laughs> whatever that might be. Um, I can't believe I just referenced Frozen 2. I do apologize. Um, that's kind of it, really. If you're local to me, my uh, Wednesday writing classes are taking a little bit of a break until set. I'm going to do a couple at the end of August and then I'll be coming back, hopefully, all guns blazing. 
on the 16th of September and I do have two spaces left for my day retreat on the 20th of August if you want to come to the wonderful wilderness woods as I've always already mentioned um, then just get in touch and if you're not local then um, please do get in touch anyway even if you are local I just like being in touch with people um, so as always, you can find me at my website, www.promptedbynature.co.uk. Um, I'm on Instagram at prompted.by.nature. And if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you're liking it so far, um, I would love if you would give just a five-star review. You don't even have to leave a comment. You can just leave a five-star review. and um, But a comment does always help. And really thank you so much to the people that already have. I never expected to get many people because I know it is a bit of a faff and sometimes you listen to an episode and then you forget and, and it's fine or you just don't want to, which is also fine. Um, but I am really, really appreciative to the people who have left reviews. Um, thank you very, very much. Um, so yeah, all that is left for me to say is thank you so much for listening to these first now 15 episodes. It's an absolute pleasure to be doing this and yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. And um, I will see you or speak to you in just a few short weeks. I will be back, but you can always catch me, as I said, on Instagram or the website. Happy writing when you get to. Please make sure you find time to write or just engage with your creativity and get outside. And I will speak to you very, very soon. Thank you.